You're listening to the Cyberwire Network, powered by N2K. Don't struggle to align your organization's cybersecurity with business risk. Get the only solution that goes beyond reacting to threats with vulnerability and risk monitoring. You need the next evolution of MDR, and only Critical Start delivers it. Critical Start doesn't just monitor and respond to threats. They put you in control by detecting suspicious activities, quickly responding to contained threats, and identifying your most critical assets and protecting them against vulnerabilities and exposures. With continuous visibility, expert guidance, and measurable risk reduction, Critical Start has redefined what it means to manage cyber risk. Demonstrate provable security maturity to your leadership while positioning your program to achieve the greatest risk reduction per dollar spent. Stop fearing risk and start managing it with Critical Start. Visit criticalstart.com and request a demo today. That's criticalstart.com. Satori Botnet flashes into existence with 280,000 bots. Is there a router zero day out there? Insecure cryptocurrency apps aren't deterring speculators. How much energy does Bitcoin use? About as much as Denmark. Ethiopia's government is said to use spyware against journalists. Iran's charming kitty espionage group is looking at media, academics, activists, and political advisors. ISIS threatens cyber havoc this Friday, and the IOC takes a poke at Russia. Expect Fancy and Cozy Bear to poke right back. I'm Dave Bittner with your CyberWire summary for Wednesday, December 6, 2017. Security firm Kihu 360 NetLab reports that a big Mirai-derived botnet, Satori, awoke yesterday, perhaps exploiting a Huawei Zero Day to herd 280,000 bots. Classic versions of Mirai, if we can call something a classic that's been around for less than a year and a half, use Telnet scanners to find vulnerable devices. Satori does not. Kihu 360 NetLabs says the botnet has two embedded exploits that seek to connect with devices on ports 37215 and 52869. As Bleeping Computer points out, quote, Effectively, this makes Satori an IoT worm, being able to spread itself without the need for separate components, end quote. Kihu 360 NetLabs thinks the exploit that connects to port 37215 is a zero day. They've been tracking it and have it under analysis, but they're unwilling to discuss it further for now. CenturyLink thinks the botnet may be abusing a zero day in Huawei gateway home routers. There's less mystery surrounding the exploit that's hitting port 52869. That one is for a well-known and relatively old bug in some Realtek devices, CVE 2014-8361, if you're keeping score. A lot of real tech devices have been patched for this one, which would suggest why this exploit has been the less successful of the two. There are some similarities between Satori and the Mirai variant that hit Argentina over the weekend, but researchers are tracking it as a distinct threat. And nothing yet, by the way, from Reaper, which has remained curiously quiet since its discovery. Do you overshare online? It's hard not to these days, thanks to social media. And there are specific risks to businesses that are easy to overlook. Cat Code is the founder of Binary Tattoo, a firm that helps companies and executives evaluate and protect their online profiles. 
and she offers advice on calibrating just how much you share. It's a trade-off, right? So every time you're giving away your information, because of course, if you're not paying for the product, you are the product. Right. Uh, every time you're giving away the information, you're getting something back for it. And the currency is your information. But I think what's happening is everyone is is so used to now getting things done for them. Like if I'm going to download an app and it needs my contact book, well, why not? Because I want the app. And then they realize they don't want the app and delete it. And they've now given away all their contact information. Hmm. Uh, People don't consider that before. Do I really need the service in exchange for my information or, or not? And they're just giving away the information all the time. So if you had to actually pay for something and you were being offered something and I came to your door and I said, would you like this? You would have to consider whether or not it was the right thing for you to purchase before you spent your money on it. Because you appreciate you can't get that money back again. But when it comes to online data as a currency, people don't consider that. They just keep giving it away and giving it away. And then if they don't like the product, they get rid of the product. But it's too late because they've already given the data to that company. So when you're out and about and you're educating people on these sorts of things, are, are there things that come up that continue to surprise you? The personal information always surprises me. The birthdays, the names of pets. Like when you think of the questions that you would get asked if you lost a password, like what is your mother's maiden name? Um, that amount of information is so easily found. So so one of the things I do, I, I joke I'm an online professional stalker. One of the things I do is I look for people online in order to tell them what their public identity looks like. Uh, so that they can go in and fix it and take away the stuff that they don't want shared. But the, I always find those the answers to those questions. Again, pets' names, the street you grew up on. Um, people will say, hey, look, the house is for sale that I grew up on. And I'm like, great, now I can answer that question. Or things about their grandparents is like, look, my maternal grandparents, and there's their, there's their mother's maiden name. That information, you don't need to share that. You don't need to share your birthday or your children's birthdays. Uh, none of that information is required online. That is voluntarily shared information. A lot of businesses are finding themselves victims of spear phishing, and you make the point that uh, a lot of social media accounts, even if you think it may be locked down, it might not be as secure as you think. So, uh, if, for instance, if I were to go into a Facebook account uh, and you've got everything locked down, a profile photo is always public, always, and there's no way to lock down um, the likes on it. So in five minutes, I can figure out who you're connected with, even if you've closed your friend list off, based on that. So if your security settings are not set, I can get some personal information about you that way. Um, And if not, I can go through your friends. So what often happens is people will call a second person in the company or they will email them and they will have enough personal information about another member of that company that gives that second person security that this person knows what they're talking about. So I could call, for instance, um, an executive assistant and say, hey, I know Bill's on a plane to Italy right now. Um, I'm, I'm friends of his through his daughter's school and soccer club and, you know, um, his wife, Brenda, and I'm just calling because, uh, we're supposed to do this business transaction. I need it to go in by four. And so I'm going to send you an email from my company. I just need you to press this button and then a bunch of extra information that makes it sound like I clearly know who this person is. Right. And lots of companies are losing money this way because they, they have this trust factor that there's no way you could possibly know that much about someone without having actually known them. So in that kind of a case, what's to be done? A lot of it is an awareness. Um, Part of it is the fact that Bill has probably overshared his information online Hmm. uh, or is unaware of what he is sharing. He's put his own profile at risk by oversharing the information. And the second thing is to go into these companies. And as part of the cybersecurity training, we have a lot of amazing software products that come in and prevent 
regular phishing scams and all that stuff. But it is the human firewall is so key right now that companies need to make sure that their employees appreciate the element of human engineering that's happening. And just because someone says they know someone or seems to have a lot, that's not enough to verify who they are. That's Cat Code. Her company is Binary Tattoo. Have you ever wondered how much energy the Bitcoin network consumes? Sure you have. We have. Especially since Bitcoin and other blockchain-based technologies are being invoked all over the place for everything from remittances to IoT security. Digiconomist has taken a look at the question, and they estimate that annually, Bitcoin uses about as much electrical power as Denmark, which suggests to some observers that maybe the cryptocurrency isn't, as they say, sustainable. It also suggests why criminals have been willing to take the time and effort to install miners in Android devices. Phishing emails are becoming more persuasive, using Mailsploit for greater plausibility and incorporating the trappings of encryption to lure in marks who'd otherwise be wary. Citizen Lab reports finding evidence that the government of Ethiopia is using lawful intercept software developed by Cyberbit to spy on journalists. An ISIS video posted online promises to deliver a major cyber attack against the U.S. this Friday. The former caliphate, now clearly in its diaspora phase, has shown little ability to do more than low-grade website defacements of indifferently defended targets, and they're probably feeling some pressure to demonstrate serious cyber attack capabilities. It's a threat worth watching, but so far unsupported by much evidence. Iranian espionage group Charming Kitten is said by Israeli cyber firm Clear Sky Cybersecurity to have embarked on a campaign targeting academics, journalists, human rights advocates, and political advisors. The targets have little in common beyond an interest in Iran and a usually unsympathetic attitude toward the Islamic Republic. Charming Kitten is said to have established a bogus baited news service as a lure, the British News Agency. The International Olympic Committee has banned Russia from the next Winter Olympics for systemic abuse of the anti-doping system. Expect Russian security services to engage in some systemic abuse of IOC networks. The Bear siblings, Cozy and Fancy, growled a lot after the last Russian Olympic doping scandal. As we think about threat actors in the news, we can't help but reflect on the naming customs that have emerged for them. If it's a kitten, it's got to be Iranian. If it's a bear, Russian. Panda, China. Dragons, for the most part, East Asian. But our patriotic amour proper is wounded here. Surely there are some good animal names people could come up with that would wink in the direction of the five eyes. Some seem obvious. It's hard to imagine Australia and New Zealand without kangaroos and kiwis. But if those are too obvious, how about dingoes and skinks? Like dutiful dingo or smug skink. It's tougher as you move on to the other three eyes. For Canada, loons and beavers, perhaps. The UK could go with bulldogs, or maybe lions. Unicorns seem out because of their financial connotations. The US is a harder case. The eagle is too obvious, so how about this? Agencies are in all states, and every state has its own patriotic bird, animal, even Maryland at least, where we are, an official dinosaur. Why not associate actors with the state in which the responsible agency has its headquarters? Thus, instead of a boring Fort Meade euphemism like Equation Group, how about something snappy suggested by those Baltimore birds, the official Oriole, or for the poetically minded, Edgar Allan's Raven? 
And I suppose if you're going to woof in the general direction of Langley, then pick a Virginia theme like the Cardinal, or better yet, the Foxhound. In any case, we're sure the security community would welcome some guidance on the matter, perhaps from the agencies themselves. Let us know what you think. Even generic suggestions like ferrets, foxes, and squirrels are welcome. Every day, your IAM tech debt grows. Your multi-generational services struggle to work together. Building an identity fabric can fix this. It makes all your identity tooling stronger and allows you to connect any app to any service you want to use with zero coding, zero maintenance, and zero app downtime. Strata's identity orchestration platform separates the identity logic from your applications so you can optimize existing IAM tools and manage them in a single control plane. Now, every vendor, standard, and architecture work together. In short, building your identity fabric means you can secure your non-standard apps, keep your complex access policies, retire outdated IDPs, and modernize in record time. So build your fabric with Strata Identity and get rid of tech debt for good. Visit strata.io slash cyberwire, share your identity priorities, and receive a pair of AirPods Pro. Offer valid for organizations over 5,000 employees. Connect today at strata.io slash cyberwire. And now a word from our sponsor, Sixth Sense. Sixth Sense provides award-winning cloud-based automated endpoint and vulnerability management solutions to streamline IT and security operations. With its advanced platform, businesses gain complete visibility and control over their infrastructure, reducing IT and security risks and optimizing operational efficiency. With Sixth Sense, you'll get real-time alerts, risk-based vulnerability prioritization and remediations, and an intuitive automation and orchestration engine so you can focus on your core business goals. Confident in the knowledge that your enterprise is secure, compliant, and running smoothly. To learn why enterprises choose Sixth Sense, visit SixthSense.com. And I'm pleased to be joined once again by Joe Kerrigan. He's from the Johns Hopkins University Information Security Institute. Joe, uh, certainly with um, hacks like Equifax. Yeah, that's great, isn't it? <laughs> it's, it's great. And, <laughs> you know, Yahoo just uh, released uh, recently that uh, it wasn't a, a million, um, I'm sorry, a billion. It was three billion accounts that were released. That um, was from, is that from the old breach? That's from the old breach, yeah, right. So now so, they're... Now they're upping that number again but i i have Great. this feeling of fatigue yeah and sure. sort of inevitability i don't i i just don't know where what to do with, with this if if all the information is out there it seems like surely there must be information about me out there there must be information about you out there sure. the odds are I feel like we've hit this point where the odds are are greater that your information is out there than it's not right no, that, that, that's probably 100% correct. When the Equifax breach happened, I was actually at a meeting um, for a project I work on called Thal, Trustworthy Health and Wellness, mm. with uh, uh, some other institutions. When they heard about this, he said, I'm just going to put my social security number on my website. But, you know, <laughs> it's, it's just out there. 
Well, we've talked about this before, I think, offline, that, you know, when I was a student in college, your student ID was your Social Security number. Right, and I had an ID at the first college I attended that had my Social Security number written on it. Every test I took in college, I wrote down my student ID number, which was my Social Security number. So how many pieces of paperwork, how many, you know, all of the things that for the university to, to track, you know, the fact that I went to that school, it's all tied to my Social Security number. So... I've I've heard that there are other nations who have done a better job with this. That they have they have adopted a, a digital version of a social security number, some sort of secure encrypted kind of thing. Right. It seems to me like we have to be heading in that direction. It, but I, I've seen little. We have to move away from social security numbers as the primary key on on people. Uh, we need we need a, a a data point, a way to identify somebody that is. Is can be changed and can is, is revocable. That's the word I'm looking for. Yes, revocable. Well, I don't. You recall if you if you if you actually have your social security card. I do have my social security card from. I think I was given to me when I was a child. Yes, I've lost mine. Yes, most people probably have. But on the card, it says this is not to be used as a form of identification. Correct. Yeah. Right. That's, that's right. <laughs> and it, yet here we are. Trying to trying to do just that. If only there were a group of smart people who could come up with some sort of way to uh, replace our. So, but but I guess it's momentum. It's <laughs> right. Oh yeah, there there is a huge momentum problem here. I don't know that anything's going to change until uh, until the pain of changing becomes less than the pain of the current state. And for most of us, you know, we're just willing to sit around and wait until something bad happens, uh, like somebody opens an account in our name, and then how bad does that hurt? You know, if, if someone were to call me tomorrow and say. Hey, your uh, your mortgage on your property in Florida is overdue. Uh, my my answer will be, well, go ahead and foreclose. I don't have a property in Florida. I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, but but you know, you could take the the credit hit, and I don't know. I mean, I, I perhaps you know that that someone if someone does a targeted attack on every single member of Congress, right, uh, and only every single member but, of Congress, maybe we'll get their attention. You right? mentioned credit <laughs> hits, right? So if if I get enough credit hits, yeah, right, and my credit score drops, right, then Identity theft stops being a problem, right? Because nobody wants to open a. Well, they won't card. be able to. Right, they won't be able to open <laughs> a credit be, card. You won't be credit worthy. <laughs> my credit, my credit score will be like three hundred or but, something. But like that, that. that's. I think that's part of the point, though, is that if if all this information is out there, through all of these services, the all the things that rely on this information become sort of meaningless. Yeah, I mean, it, how how reliable is the information that's, right. that's out there? Right, and. Yeah, I can contest a lot of things on my credit report, so there are anything that's on my credit report. I can put put a document in there. There are some laws about that have made it a lot more difficult to open a bank account. Mm. I remember the last right. bank account I've opened, uh, which was actually at a, at a credit union within the past four years, I was astounded at how much documentation I had to present just to open just to open a bank account. Yeah, no, that's true. We opened one for my son recently, and yeah. it was a whole, you know... Uh, uh, Electric bills and you know, proof of residency right. and so on and so forth. Yeah. Well, I don't think we've come up with any solutions here, but we've no. certainly made our, no, made our we complaints do is sit known. Here complain, right? <laughs> I right. like to come up with a solution. That's well, you know, as with many things, I think there are some uh, there are some good ideas being tested in other nations. Yep. Uh, which uh, seems to be the way that it goes with many of these things. No, we definitely so, need to um, start moving in this direction. That is, it, that is for sure. It's inevitable. Yep. All right. Well, as always, Joe, thanks for joining us. It's my pleasure. Are lengthy security reviews pulling attention away from your security program? With the largest network of trust centers... 
Vanta can help you streamline security reviews to win customer trust, save time, and close deals fast. Proactively demonstrate security by showcasing key resources like your SOC 2 or ISO 27001 and provide real-time evidence for passing controls. And when a security questionnaire is required, Vanta takes the first pass for you. Visit vanta.com slash cyber to take a self-serve tour. That's vanta.com slash cyber. And that's the CyberWire. We are proudly produced in Maryland by our talented team of editors and producers. I'm Dave Bittner. Thanks for listening.